0: In today's episode, I'm looking back at all the action from Sunday across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore b and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. On Fantasy Basketball. Let's look back at all the action from Sunday. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Eight games on? Let's talk about the first one of those right now, and it is the New Orleans Pelicans going down to the New York Knicks uh, in overtime, 112-122. Zion was great. 42 minutes, 34 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. A little bit subpar from the line. And it really amplifies with him with how much he gets there, 73%. But otherwise, a really strong game overall. And Eric Bledsoe even had a big performance. 22 points in 38 minutes. Of course, he shot horribly, 40% from the field. The Pelicans only have the three games coming up for this week. So yeah, Bledsoe, I think, can be considered a droppable player. But at least he got some volume in. It was a struggle from Lonzo Ball. Just the 27 minutes in his second game back from that injury. 5 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals on 22% shooting. Now, he's not the greatest shooter in the world, but he is better than that. So let's add another couple of points under that. Nine, seven, and three with two steals. I do believe that he is worth holding. I would hold him over Eric Bledsoe. While Stephen Adams played a lot, 36 minutes, 10 points, 14 rebounds, one steal. He's far from a must-hold player. But if you are looking for rebounds, and if your league counts offensive boards, he had eight of them in this game, then he does have some value on those days. Ingram was a little bit off, 19-4-4 with a lack of peripherals. And then uh, Najee Marshall, who'd been playing really well, Only got the 25 minutes here, 9, 2, and 3. Again, with only three games and the return of Bledsoe and Ball in that pairing, and maybe Alexander Walker comes back this week. We don't know. It is hard for me to consider Najee Marshall or even James Johnson, who played just the 23 minutes here, a must-hold. Now, Johnson shot 11%, so he can be better than that, and he can be a streamer for defensive stats, but I wouldn't have those guys as as must-roster players, unfortunately. Um... Let's go on to the uh, the next team, and that is Julius Randle and the New York Knicks. Well, Julius Randle isn't a team, but he may as well be at sometimes. The Double Royal played 47 minutes. Of course, he did. 33 points, 5 rebounds, 10 assists, and 5 steals. That's like a month worth of steals for Julius Randle. Of course, he was under 40%, which has happened a lot this year, but 90% from the line is excellent, and he continues to be amazing. The ninth-ranked player over the last two weeks... 39 minutes a game is helping. 65 fantasy points. Yeah, If you're in those big bulk counting stats, he's been awesome. He has had some defensive issues. He has has some field goal percentage problems. But overall, it's coming out pretty good. 22nd ranked player this year. He's been a huge surprise. Really turned it around massively. Derek Rose played 35 minutes and had 23 points. It does help that Alec Burks was out. But again, Rose, Bullock, Payton, Quickly. Like We don't know how the minutes are going to shake out on every night. This was great from Rose. He's still not a top 150 player over the last two weeks, and I wouldn't want to trust that. While Bullock had 15 points with three threes, and Payton played under 20 minutes and quickly played 22 for eight points. Hard to roster Payton or Quickly or Rose or Bullock in 12-teamers. Rowan Barrett was just like like 18 points, two threes, 36 minutes. He's the 93rd ranked player over the last two weeks. It's pretty strong. In a 10-team league, I wouldn't consider him absolutely untouchable in terms of dropping him. I think we still hold, but I wouldn't consider him untouchable. But he does have these games where it's just like, this just a lack. Like, the scoring's nice, but everything else is just like, eh. I don't know how else to describe that. Taj Gibson was good six points, 14 boards, a steal, two blocks. 100th ranked player over the last two weeks, Taj. And that absolutely makes you a 12 team league guy. Now, does it fit into what your team needs? Does it fit onto the schedule for your team for this week? I think he's at least worth considering. Well, Noel had 12 and 8 with two blocks, just doing what he does. I don't think we're getting Mitchell Robinson back. I know he hasn't officially been ruled out for the rest of the regular season, but I I really don't think that he is coming back and having any sort of fantasy impact this season. You are the hiring expert for your company. And what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview, all on Indeed. You get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster, and you only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent Fast and easy. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests or add your own and then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. Easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately, and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. So get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar known to man. You have these and it's just like a candy bag. This can't be a protein bar. This can't be low calorie, but it is. It is high protein, it is high fiber, and it is low calorie and low sugar with great flavors right across the board. Caramel, uh, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, uh, raspberry, coconut almond, coconut, mint, mint brownie, so many great flavors. And if you're looking to lose or maintain weight, Built Bar is the best protein bar option that you can find. Their peanut butter bar, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories only with five grams of sugar. You won't believe the taste. And in order to help you get that taste into your guts a lot quicker, go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. The promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1-5, for 15% off at builtbar.com. These are the best tasting protein bars ever. Okay, next game on Sunday... The Indiana Pacers go down to the Atlanta Hawks pretty comfortably in the end, 129-117. Malcolm Brogdon had 29 with 8 assists and 61% shooting. Nice little stretch for Brogdon at the moment, who's been wildly inconsistent in terms of production, but he was a horrendous minus 28 in this game. Demontis Sabonis was a minus 31, and Karis Levert was a minus 19. It was the Pacers bench that really, and their lesser lights that really got the game closer than it was. Levert only ended up playing 24 minutes because of his struggles. 11 points on 33% shooting. He was two of three from the line. He had two steals in a block and occasionally he'll have these nights where he doesn't shoot well. He'd been playing amazingly before this. He's still the 25th ranked player over the last two weeks. But this was just a stinker. TJ McConnell got the extra minutes here. 18 uh, points in 36 minutes with seven assists on 90%. Sumner played 28 minutes for 14 points. And uh, Aaron Holiday got in the mix with 14 minutes there too. While Miles Turner returned from his injury, nine points in 34 minutes and failed to block a shot. That's the first time that's happened this season. 22% shooting is also rough. He remains a must roster player, of course. Um, Justin Holiday doesn't. Jack Armstrong, what can we do? Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, look, just continues to struggle. Six points, two triples, a steal, a block. He's he's a steal streamer. He can hit some threes, but that's really about all he can do. I wouldn't be bothering him with him in most formats. Well, for the Hawks, they're still without Gallinari, Hunter, Reddish, Dunn, Snell, and they're putting up games like this. They are looking really good. Trey Young had 34, 5, and 11. Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter in 40 minutes had 23 points, 5 threes, 9 rebounds, 2 steals, and a block. It helps that Hunter and Gallinari are out. And Snell's out. That's boosting his numbers. And when they all come back, he's probably going to be a droppable player. But for now, you've got to roster him. And Capella, 36 minutes for the Kerner. 25 and 24, two steals and three blocks. Now, prior to Johnny Collins' injury, Capella was playing like 30 minutes a night. And now it's really pushed up. Collins is back. But I wonder if Nate McMillan will keep Capella playing these big minutes. Because he's been awesome. He's a 35th ranked player over the last two weeks. I think he leads the NBA in plus minus over the last two weeks as well. Collins did return. The Baptist was back, 21 minutes, eight points. Not a lot else. Pretty shitty line, to be honest, in 21 minutes. But we hope for a bit more as his minutes increase. And of course, we have to roster him. While Bogdan Bogdanovich had 23, 3 and 3. Another very strong night from a top 35 player in Bogdan Bogdanovich, which is where he is over the last two weeks. Absolutely rolling. Lou Williams, please, please don't worry about him in 12-team formats. But again, there's just so many players to come back. Gallinari, Hunter, which they could be back this week easily. Rish is a long way off still. And then Chris Dunn, I don't know if he's ever... Got- Jaron Jackson's going to be back before Chris Dunn, it looks like. Jesus Christ. Uh, so I don't know when Dunn's going to be returning. But there's still a lot of guys coming in there, which is going to have an impact on Collins, on Hurd, or probably Bogdanovich, maybe Capella. Uh, definitely on Solomon Hill, who played 29 minutes for four points. But yeah, no one's really rostering him in any fantasy format. The next game. The Brooklyn Nets, they go down to the Miami Heat in the end, 107-109. The big news, I guess, out of this is Kevin Durant lasting just four minutes before suffering a thigh contusion. You'd have to imagine he misses some time this week, along with James Harden. But, Harden could, look, Harden could be back and then Durant's out again. That's the possibility for next game. We'll find out more on Monday about Durant's injury. Uh, not great news there, but it does open up opportunities for guys like Jeff Green, Uh, for Landry Schammett, who dropped in 30 points in 38 minutes with seven threes. We talked about him last week, saying he was on a bit of a hot streak and he's not a bad streamer. Well, top 100 over the last two weeks now. Getting the scoring, getting the threes right up there and without Harden and Durant, there's value. Same with the Shark, Bruce Brown, eight and 11 with two steals and a block. Depends what you want. I think Brown's more reliable than Schammett, but Schammett's playing at a higher level at the moment. Kyrie just had 20 points on a really uncharacteristically poor shooting night, 32%, but two steals, two blocks and two threes. Richie, what's that? Two for two, two, two. Thank you. He had nine assists as well, Kyrie Irving. Uh, They didn't start Nick Claxton. They started Blake Griffin at center. Sure. Seven and six with two triples and four assists. He's not a 12-team league player. While Claxton, I think, is at least worth streaming. Two steals and a block with six boards in 24 minutes because the Nets do have four games and a favorable schedule. And then they didn't... John Ray Jordan started last game and they didn't play him at all. Jordan could come back into this rotation for sure, but maybe they just run with Claxton and Griffin as uh, as the big men. As they, that that's a distinct possibility. For the Heat, speaking of big man, the undertaker, Dwayne Deadman, 15 minutes, 10 and 10. One field goal attempt, hit it, and then 8 of 8 from the line. So it's a, obviously a weird line. He's not going to do this, really at all. He's not going to push to 20 minutes a night because he's not going to share the court with Bam Adebayo would be my guess. But at least taking minutes off Precious Achua, he can be a deeper league option, 20 team, 18 team league guy. Kendrick Nunn, 29 minutes, 17, two and three, two steals and five threes. I-, I do believe he's a 12-team league guy at the short term. While Jimmy Butler was out, so Bam Adebayo had 21, 15, and five. Always seems to step it up when Jimmy is out. Uh, Dragic also had a big game. Now, he didn't shoot well, 38%, but 18, eight, and seven. One of his better games. I look at him more as a streamer. I think, I think Tyler Hero. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. You know, I-, I think he's a drop. Nine points on 31% shooting. The six assists are nice, but outside of you know occasional good scoring game or occasional good assist game, just not enough consistency for me when we're heading into fantasy playoffs. And the Spur dunk Robinson played a lot of minutes, but only the 11 points with three threes. I view him as a streamer for threes. And realistically, that's about it. Trevor Ariza has nice 14 team league value, 15 and nine with three threes there for him. He's the 147th ranked player over the last two weeks. Disappointing loss for the Portland Trailblazers. They go down to the Hornets, one hundred nine, one hundred one. It was a, the margin was a lot bigger than that early on. Yusuf Nurkic again stuffed the stat sheet. Unfortunately, he only played twenty four minutes, but twelve and six with a steal and two blocks. It just continues to tantalize, and you go, F- just play the dude thirty minutes. Like he is going to put up huge ones, like absolute bombers, if he can get those minutes. But he's not getting them, which is frustrating, especially when Ennis Kanter's out there sucking for minus nineteen in his you know seventeen minutes. We've seen Nurkic play 26. I want him to push. needs to push high than that. It, it's uh, poor coaching, I think. Carmelo Anthony had one of his interesting big scoring games, 24 points in 28 minutes with six triples. When he has games like this, that's interesting, but yeah, you know, it doesn't happen all that often, so it's hard to judge. There was no Damian Lillard, of course, so they started Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. He didn't really do too much, and Robert Covington was also pretty shit. Only took one shot, Covington missed it. Had seven boards. I'm not saying that Covington's a drop, but he's also outside the top 120 over the last two weeks. And Nurkic's return has had somewhat of an impact on him. McCullum had 22-6-6, six and six, but the huge offensive load... Giggity. Uh, I think has re- is wreaking some havoc on his percentages. 36 from the field and 57 from the line is pretty poor. While Storm and Norman Powell also just shot 38% in his 39 minutes. Anthony Simons played 30 minutes again. Unfortunately, it wasn't success- as successful as the last 30-minute game he played. Just the five points on six shots with four assists. He's more of a streamer than anything, uh, rather than a must-roster player while Lillard is out. So I wouldn't be getting too hyped about him. He is relatively inconsistent and can struggle at times to bring up those um, peripheral stats, which we know are also valuable in fantasy. For the Hornets, the, the Hornets did it, the crazy bastards. They started Vernon Carey over PJ Washington Jr. And Carey had two fouls in about 30 seconds. He ended up with seven minutes. That is horrendous. Now, will they continue to... Well, i tell you one thing that feels clear is that Carey, they're going to be giving him minutes in the rotation. Cody Zeller played 21. Biumbo did not play. Carey is going to be in the rotation, but will they go back to PJ Washington at center, who was excellent, twenty-three and eight with five threes and four blocks, must roster player. Carey, there's a really good schedule for Charlotte coming up: four games, four quality games this week, four low volume days. If he plays twenty-four a night, I think he's worth it. But yeah, there's obviously going to be concerns with like this. He had five thousand that first start as well. But it feels like he's going to be at least a rotation player. Thirteen and six for Jalen McDaniels is is solid. While Cody Martin, in place of Devonte Graham, had five, seven, and seven. Those seven assists are appealing, but I'm not sure how uh, how real that can be. Rogier, 34, 8, and 10 with seven threes, two steals, and a block. A fantastic line. 66 fantasy points in total. And uh, Miles Bridges here had his 19-5-3 with two blocks. We don't expect Ball or Haywood back for a couple more weeks. So most of this rotation remains as it is. Just Devontae will come back in, and then we have to see what they do with Carey and Washington and Zeller and Biombo. But I feel confident that Zeller and Biombo both won't play together and that Carey is going to at least be getting some sort of playing time as we move forward here. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and uh, the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag, or use your mobile device, and you can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That is our promo code. It's one word. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Okay, next game we look at the Houston Rockets and the Orlando Magic. The Rockets win at 114-110. The wild thing Jay Sean Tate. Um, DJ Wilson bit his arm accidentally, took a chunk out. Uh, he didn't have stitches. He, he was able to return really filled it up 14 7 and 6 one steal and three blocks a good night there While uh, cousin Kev Kevin Porter Jr 32 minutes he fouled out that's why his minutes are a bit lower 22 3 and 7 with four threes without John Wall continuing to put up some pretty solid numbers while Kelly Linick had 24 7 and 4 in 39 and he he remains must roster and Christian Wood the crucifix just pissing on your free throws for I, I got no idea why 50% from the line but 25 and 10 with four threes is good and how about Armani Brooks now, pre-game they had Brooks in the starting lineup, and then they took him out and put Bradley in. But Brooks, he had 16 points in 26 minutes, had five threes and two steals. Now, while Gordon, House, Brown, Augustine, Exum, Nwaba are all out, he's going to be a rotation player, and it helped that John Wall was out here as well, but he's, at least for deep leagues, someone that you want to keep somewhat of an eye on. Avery Bradley played a lot of minutes, and in true Avery Bradley style, did nothing. Seven points in those 34 minutes there, Well, DJ Wilson's biggest contribution outside of the two blocks was biting Jay Sean Tate's arm. He was 0-5 from the field as well, DJ, so uh, yeah, a bit of a struggle. I think that's uh, I think that's fair to say for him. For the magic, Cole Anthony got a start. Can't leave this dude on the wire. 16-4-9, one steal, two blocks, 34 minutes. Uh, I think he's going to be quite good. Uh, at how uh, Guys, sit down. Hold on to whatever you need to hold on to, because the shard. Dwayne Bacon scored 22 points. There you go. Three steals. A three. Steve Clifford's never going to remove him from the rotation. Now, it's uh, It's not going to be good. Now, it does help that there was no Terrence Ross, no Michael Carter-Williams, no Otto Porter, and no James Ennis in this one. But man, the shot scoring 22 is always interesting. Chuma had 14-4-2 four with four steals and a block, while Mo Bamba only played 16 minutes. But he was a plus 10. He had 11 and nine with a block. Now the Magic have three games this week, but they are all on low volume days. I think that Bumba can be an add. Wendell Carter Jr., 11 and 10, not his best night, but still all right. Well, Gaz Harris had another 16 points. Harris is playing better. I, I wouldn't look at him as a 12-team league. I, I'd prefer to have make sure Nakiki's at it, a Cole Anthony, a Bumba, and, and Carter over him. Uh, RJ Hampton played extra minutes here, 22 minutes, but didn't really do much. Although the six assists are, uh, are pretty impressive to me. And he is developing. I think he's going to develop into a pretty good player uh, over time. But it's probably not going to be happening too much this year. Next game, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Toronto Raptors. Um, all right, let's look at the GOAT. No, my son is also named Bort. Now, I think he had like 21 points in the first quarter here, he Lou Dort, and then ended with 29. So it's Andy was a minus 17 but let's we talk about these having these unbelievable high usage high efficiency games. And 21 points in a quarter is ridiculous. And then 8 over the next 3 is obviously bad. Where does Dort fit? I'm I'm impressed with how much he's improved. He's putting up good numbers. You probably should add him, but I'm also worried that he's going to sit tomorrow cuz it's a back-to-back. And that this level of high shooting which has been literally unbelievably good. He's been carrying this team as much as possible, like in that Shea Gildas-Alexander. And his usage is up. And I think that can stay up. But can he maintain that high usage paired with that high efficiency? That's where a lot of my doubts are going to lie. He's got a 31% usage 31% Oh, yeah, 31% usage over the last seven games with a true shooting of 57. And that's improved over the last four to a true shooting of 63. This is a dude who is at under 53 for the season, who's hitting just 40% of his shots for the season um, and hitting like well, 35% from three, which is impressive. But again, 55% from three over his last four games. That is what's driving this. And it has zero chance of sticking. Zero. So it, there is going to be a crash. Now he is at least bringing it with some uh, high-volume threes as well, which, again, is going to come down when that percentage comes down. But he's bringing some steals, and that high usage is good. So he can be an add. I just, I don't know. There's a lot there that's going to fall off, and it it might fall off hard. Like, you might have a couple of games at 20% shooting, which tends to happen a lot when blokes are going super hard and putting up these big numbers. Pokiszewski started next to Baisley. Results were all right. Eight, seven, and five for Poku with six blocks. And this is why we love the bloke. Five assists and six blocks. Who gets that combination? The answer is literally nobody. Now, we shot 29%, which is shit house as well. But I think Poku can be a 12-team league player. Baisley had 16 and 8. He's playing much better now than he was at the start of the season. But some poor efficiency in this game and lack of peripherals. I think you're fine to stream him in 12s. He does have a five-game week coming up, which he almost definitely won't play all five of, in the second week of the playoffs. But he's uh, playing better than he was to begin the year. Isaiah Roby eleven and eight with a triple one. Now he only played twenty one minutes, but they're really strong numbers. Hard to see him as a must roster guy though. While uh, the Salt Flake, Theo Maladon played nine points in his twenty eight minutes, and it was just absolute uh, fecal city for Moses Brown. Absolutely shit house. Zero points in twenty minutes. Four rebounds. Missed every shot and was rough. If you, he he can be a twelve team league guy, but if you don't want to deal with him, piss him off. Like, the value is not that high that he has to be must roster, especially with Roby in the mix now with Tony Bradley playing some solid basketball, 8-3 and three in 20 minutes for Tony Bradley. Unfortunately for the C part, of, there's just too many ups and downs to consider him must roster. The Raptors rested everybody. Siakam, Van Vliet, Lowry, Ananobi, they were all out. So that meant the wiki Chris Boucher could go off. 31-12 and 12 with six threes, a steal and a block. Ken Birch played 29 minutes and had 7-6 and six with a triple one. This, these sort of games look, Birch is getting the opportunity. This is why I didn't have him as like a must roster player because he's just not that good, even in big minutes. And yeah, if these dudes ever play, then he's not going to get this role. Now, the Raptors only play the two games this coming week anyway. So, even though that's a great line from Boucher, can you actually bother with him for two games? I, I would say not. Same with Gaz Trent, who I've criticised for doing nothing else apart from scoring, added five steals. That's excellent didn't shoot particularly well, but 23 points with five threes. Well, Malachi Flynn, another great game. Love Flynn. I think he's got a real NBA starter caliber as early as next season. Whether they do it or not remains to be seen. I think they'll go with Van Vliet and Trent, but he can do it. 15-7-5 for Flynn. While Yuta Watanabe had 10 points and uh, Paul Watson couldn't continue his uh, great game from last time. In fact, he was 0-10 of 10 in what was uh, an absolutely dreadful performance. Five assists for Paul, though. Um, yeah, really hard to get this Raptors team is just all over the shop at the moment, and it's hard to get any sort of read on what they're doing on a consistent basis. All right, the next game. The Sacramento Kings got out to a big lead against the Mavericks, and they pulled away for their first win in their last 10 games. 121-107 Sacramento. Fox was added it again, 30-12 with two steals and hit his free throws. The Pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Barzy! One of his better recent games as well. 24 points with five threes. And then out of nowhere, Terrence Davis played 30 minutes. Had 23 points with five threes on 75% shooting. A perfect five of five from deep. He's had another one of these games for Sacramento. And then he goes back and does nothing. I wouldn't bite on this one. While Bud Heald played just 23 minutes. Because let's be honest, this dude is not that good. He was shithouse in this game. Two points with two steals and a block on 20% shooting. And of course, in true Luke Walton fashion, Tyrese Halliburton played 16 minutes. There was one player that played fewer minutes in Tyrese Halliburton. It was Chris Silver. But in Luke Walton's defense, Halliburton was an incomprehensible minus 23 in 16 minutes. So you know what? I take that back. If he's going to be that shit, let's get him off. Like If he's having a bad night, get him off. Especially when you can put Davis in, who's red hot. And then De'Lon Wright filled it up with 13, 5, and 3, and 2 steals. Now, this won't be the the common case for Halliburton as he moves forward. And he probably won't be this bad most nights either. But it was telling. Now, in a game without Rashawn Holmes, Hassan Whiteside started. And he played 19 minutes. Again, he's not that good but he is a guy that we roster until Holmes comes back. At 12 and 10, didn't block a shot, missed his free throws, missed his field goals. It was just a shit night all around, but he is a 12-team league option while those absences are happening. Well, Mo Harkless did what Mo Harkless does. Two steals, two blocks. You ask for nothing more, and he delivers nothing more most of the time, but that still has value in the right circumstance. For the Mavericks, Luca. Yeah, I don't know, man. 61 fantasy points for Luca. 37, eight, and four, it's fine. Three blocks is good. Five of 10 from the line is shit house. He's still only the 14th ranked player for the season. 39th over the last two weeks. Pretty disappointing. Dorian Finney-Smith playing well. Top 100 guy over the last two weeks. 22 points with six threes. He does have some value. While the burner, Jalen Brunson played 31 minutes and had 20 points. And he has at least streaming value. I wouldn't say he's must roster. Joshie Richardson, Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! Tim Hardaway the same and Muxy Kleber. Muxy Kleber can't shoot anymore. Like he's, he can hit threes, cannot hit twos, and cannot block shots anymore. When they were really really high up last year. Um, yeah, don't worry about him. While uh, Porzingis had nine and eleven, it was a pretty poor night there. Twenty one percent shooting from KP. Not the best. Uh, not the best look at all for Kristaps. All right, let's go on to the last game of the night. A, uh, a pretty large blowout in the end from the, uh, the LA Clippers against the Minnesota Timberwolves. They uh, they get the victory 124-105. Um, let's talk about Carl Anthony Towns because it did look like he hurt his knee-slash-ankle towards the end of the game. He had 16-6-5, so it's a poor shooting, but let's just hope he's okay because we want to keep an eye on Naz Reid in that scenario. Reid played 21 minutes, 13-7 with a block. It is hard to make speculative ads when you're in the playoffs and you've got limited acquisitions, but Reid could be a real game-changer if Townsend misses time. Anthony Edwards, 29 minutes, 23 points, sub 40% shooting. It's just a standard from him at this stage. Five threes, three assists, like good, really good counting stats. Horrible plus minus, horrible field goal percentage, but that's sort of what he's doing. Um, 62nd ranked player over the last two weeks. Well, Jaden McDaniels, one of his better games of late, 11 points with three threes, a steal and a block, but really hard to justify him as a must roster guy at this point. D'Angelo Russell's uh, Russell's struggles continue. 11 points in 22 minutes. He had four assists, He did have a triple one, but the miniatures aren't pushing up and he was a minus 20 despite 38% usage. That's pretty rough. Let's be fair though. Towns was a minus 29. I'm not just going to be saying that Russell was shit because other guys were as well. 23 minutes for Rubio, 6 points, 5 assists. Anytime they're in danger of getting blown out, his miniatures get pushed back. And that's what happens when you're an older player. And that gives more minutes to guys like Jordan McLaughlin and then Josh Akogi played 20 minutes. Honestly, there's just so much mess on this team that we're looking at Towns, Russell Edwards' must-roster guys with all big deficiencies, and then the worry of Towns with his injury. Maybe Rubio, maybe Reed steps up as well. Maybe McDaniels can be a streamer. For the Clippers, Kawhi returned. He played 23 minutes and had 15, 11, and 8. Paul George had 23, 7, and 5, and 2 steals. Just huge gains from those guys. Well, we had 26 minutes of Marcus Morris. 19 and 6 with 5 threes for Morris on 58% shooting. He is providing top 100 numbers over the last two weeks. I know it's only three games for this upcoming week for the Clippers, but he can be of use. So can Reggie Jackson. 13, 3, and 4 with 3 threes for Jacko, um, which is all right. It's not great, but it's, it's all right. And same as the 13-6 for Zubats. I don't know when the hell Sergio is coming back from his month-long back tightness. Um, but uh, Zubac is putting up some pretty interesting numbers if you're looking for a big man. There's not much else to talk about. Mann had eight points in 22 minutes. The duck, Luke Kennard, he had 13 in 21 minutes. But no guarantee that Kennard's even a part of the rotation most nights. Batum was out in this game, so that enabled him to play, as was Beverly. Honestly, this game was just in control really, really early on from the Clippers. And uh, yeah, that's yeah how they were able to limit those minutes as much as they did. Let's have a look at the top ads and drops over the last 24 hours. Najee Marshall up 18%. I'm assuming that was for today's game only. I wouldn't be looking at him as a must-roster 12-er. Dan Gafford, I would. 15% up. Makes sense. Isaiah Stewart up 12%. He's a must-roster guy. Kobe White up 9%. I'm totally behind that one. They need his minutes and shot creation while Levine is out. And then Josh Jackson up 8%. I think there's some validity to adding Joshie as well, as long as you can deal with some of his percentage foibles. In terms of drops... Sadoransky down 10%. He's been playing well, but if he's going to play under 20 minutes a night while Levine is out, see you later. Monty Morris injured down 9%. Drop him. Plumley down 8%. I think he's a drop. Dean Wade down 7%. Well, that was before the Larry Nance news. Nance is out tomorrow. I still don't think that Wade is a 12-team league guy. While Kendrick Nunn down 7%. That's an interesting decision to drop Nunn. I wouldn't have done that. And I think he remains a 12-team league player. In terms of the top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues, Landry Shamet. He's got some twelve-team stream ability, especially if Durant and Harden remain out. The Shard, Dwayne Bacon, no way. Goran Dragic, yeah, streamer. That's about it. Terrence Davis got hot, but I don't really trust that. Taj Gibson has value in twelve-team leagues. Carmelo Anthony can be a point streamer. Isaiah Roby, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, he's sort of on the on the fringes to me. DeLon Wright, that was mainly because Healed and Halliburton struggled so much. Kenrich Williams, I don't think we need to get too excited about him. And Trevor Ariza, a solid fourteen-team league guy who has twelve-team stream ability. Let's move on now, talk some DFS for Monday's action across the NBA. All right, let's take a look at Monday. We've got nine games on, bunch of guys out and resting. The first uh, first game is the Cavs and the Pistons. Pistons are one-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is two thirteen. is no Larry Nance for Cleveland. He's out for personal reasons. While Detroit is going to be without Wayne Ellington, Dennis Smith, Corey Joseph, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee, Rodney Magruder. So we're going to get Isaiah Stewart starting, Killian Hayes starting, Sadiq Bey, uh, I think Siko Dumbayari is out as well in this one. Uh, Josh Jackson will get a start. There's just going to be a wild, wild mix of players. The next game, there could be a bunch of guys out as well, the Sixers and the Warriors. Golden State lists Steph Curry and Kelly Oubre as questionable, while the Sixers have Seth Curry, George Hill, Dwight Howard and the Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris, listed as questionable. So lots of changes there. Look for Korkmaz and Milton in Philadelphia with some opportunities. Look for um, Jordan Poole if Steph happens to be out for the Warriors. The Bulls and the Celtics, no Levine, obviously, for Chicago. So Kobe White, I imagine, will get another start. But how they run the Thad Young, Larry Markkinen, Daniel Tice rotation in the front court is still up in the air. Um, And then for Boston, Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown have both appeared on the injury reporters' questionable. Rob Williams, the Rock DJ, is out, so Tristan Thompson will start. But big opportunities there for maybe a Peyton Pritchard or a Romeo Langford to get some decent minutes and increased usage for Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum in that scenario. The Suns and the Bucks, thankfully not as many injuries in this one. Abdul Nadir is out for Phoenix, while for... Uh, Milwaukee, the Big Ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, he remains listed as questionable. Bryn Forbes has been starting in his place. Uh, the Bucks are three-point favorites, and the total is 235. The Rockets and the Heat, it is a back-to-back for both of these teams. John Wall did not play on Sunday. I expect that he returns for this one. But guys like House and Sterling Brown, I don't expect to play. While for the Heat, Jimmy Butler missed on Sunday. He's not as sure of a thing to return with that ankle problem. It wasn't just a back-to-back rest. He did have a a, a legit ankle issue. While Dwayne Dedman was the guy that really stepped up on Sunday. So let's see if they keep him in that rotation. Oladipo, uh, he will remain sidelined. Spurs in the Pacers. Last game for San Antonio, they rested DeRozan, Mills, and Pirtle. All those guys are off the injury report, so they'll be returning to action. While it is a back-to-back for Indiana, and Miles Turner returned on Sunday, no indication that he's going to sit, but it is a possibility uh, that he doesn't play. The Spurs are one-point favorites, the total 231, while Dougie McDirt remains questionable with that ankle sprain. The Thunder and the Wizards, um, who knows what Oklahoma City is going to do. Will Lou Dort play in the back-to-back? He's been going off, so maybe they sit him down with that Fake saw, saw. Try again. Saw shoulder. Pokashevsky had a trip to the locker room. Will he play in this one? Um, so many questions as to what they will do. Well, for the Wizards, uh, Rui Hachimura is out. Alex Len is questionable. Hopefully, this means we get Bertans and Gafford getting decent minutes in that front court. The Wizards are eleven point favorites, and the total is two hundred and thirty. The Grizzlies and the Nuggets. The big fella, Jaron Jackson Jr., the Spectre. He's been upgraded to doubtful. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to play, but it means his return is coming pretty soon. So that's huge news. But unfortunately, we don't have an update on Brandon Clark, DeAnthony Melton, and Justice Winslow. They are all listed as questionable. Well, Dylan Brooks has also popped up as being questionable. And Jonas Valanciunas is out. He's in the con- concussion protocol. So you'd imagine with no Gorgie Jeng around, uh, no Jaron Jackson around, no maybe no Brandon Clark, that Xavier Tillman, the cashier, He's going to get another start as the starting center there. And uh, some could be some rotation shenanigans for Memphis. While for Denver, Monty Morris, who was replacing Jamal Murray, is out with a hamstring injury. So Faku Kompatsu and PJ Dozier are going to have to pick up some slack there. The Nuggets are five-point favorites, and the totals 228. The Jazz and the Lakers. Uh, well, everyone's everyone's probable. Apparently, the Lakers are listing Schroeder, uh, Markif Morris, Marcus Gasol, all as uh, all as and Andre Drummond, all as probable. While the Jazz have got Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert as probable. Derek Favors and Iason Eliasova are both questionable, and of course Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis are all sidelined. The Jazz are five point favorites, and the total here is two hundred and sixteen points. If we look to FanDuel, the values right across the slate. I'm looking to Xavier Tillman. Isaiah Stewart, PJ Dozier, Davis Bertans, maybe Tyler Cook, Rudy Gay, Dan Gafford, uh, maybe Larry Markkinen, Tristan Thompson, Bam out of bio, especially if Jimmy Butler doesn't play, Sadiq Bae, uh, maybe Derek White at 5,500, Kevon Looney with Juan Toscano-Anderson out. Aaron Gordon at 51 is at least a GPP option. 43 for Faku, I think, looks pretty good. Pat Williams at 4,000, maybe. Big Chungus at 11,000. Moses Brown, probably not there. While Gobert at 8,000 bucks, I think looks pretty good. That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. While you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe, hit the bell, hit the thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.